Trapcast Express. Trapcast Express, it's Monday, February 8th, 2021. If the blind lead the blind, both will fall into the pit. Our blessed Lord said in St. Matthew's Gospel, chapter 15, verse 14. A recent example of this can be seen in a lengthy new missive from the former Vatican Nuncio to the United States, the so-called Archbishop Carlo Maria Viganò. In his letter dated January 31st, published at The Remnant, Father Viganò once again demonstrates that, despite whatever his intentions may be, he does not believe in the Catholic teaching on the papacy. And how could he, considering that he believes that Jorge Bergoglio, Francis, is Pope? Interestingly enough, in contradiction to many other recognized and resistors, Viganò says that, quote, "...we can nevertheless recognize a Pope as a heretic, and as such refuse on a case-by-case basis to show him the obedience to which he would otherwise be entitled." Unquote. Now, isn't that interesting? What happened to canonical warnings or a church judgment that other semi-triad apologists tell us are necessary to know that Francis is a heretic? Since a heretic, by definition, is not a member of the church, he cannot be the head of the church either. And so it follows that if you can recognize Francis to be a heretic, then you can also recognize that he is not the Pope, because those are really two sides of the same coin. If you can know the one, you can know the other. It's really not a difficult concept. A little further on in his letter, Father Viganò writes about Francis, quote, The fact that as Pope he teaches heterodox doctrines or gives scandal to the simple with provocative affirmations makes his fault one of extreme gravity because whoever listens to him believes that he is listening to the voice of the Good Shepherd. Unquote. Save this one for posterity, folks. Viganò admits, and by publishing it without a disclaimer, the editors at The Remnant are presumed to agree with it, Viganò admits that Francis teaches heresy in his capacity as the putative pope not simply as a private individual, but as part of his magisterium. And he says that this is very grave because people will submit to his magisterium and in this manner be misled. Yet that is precisely what traditional Catholic doctrine on the papacy says is impossible, that the faithful should be misled by following the teaching of the Roman pontiff. It is impossible. Here, listen to the words of Pope Pius XI in his 1930 encyclical Casti Canubii. Quote, Let the faithful also be on their guard against the overrated independence of private judgment and that false autonomy of human reason. For it is quite foreign to everyone bearing the name of a Christian to trust his own mental powers with such pride as to agree only with those things which he can examine from their inner nature, and to imagine that the church sent by God to teach and guide all nations 
is not conversant with present affairs and circumstances, or even that they must obey only in those matters which she has decreed by solemn definition, as though her other decisions might be presumed to be false or putting forward insufficient motive for truth and honesty. Quite to the contrary, a characteristic of all true followers of Christ, lettered or unlettered, is to suffer themselves to be guided and led in all things that touch upon faith or morals by the Holy Church of God through its supreme pastor, the Roman Pontiff, who is himself guided by Jesus Christ, our Lord. Unquote. That's Pius XI, Casti Canubii, paragraph number 104. In 1950, Pope Pius XII said the following about the papal magisterium. Quote, this sacred office of teacher in matters of faith and morals must be the proximate and universal criterion of truth for all theologians, since to it has been entrusted by Christ our Lord the whole deposit of faith, sacred scripture, and divine tradition to be preserved, guarded, and interpreted. Nor must it be thought that what is expounded in encyclical letters does not of itself demand consent, since in writing such letters the popes do not exercise the supreme power of their teaching authority. For these matters are taught with the ordinary teaching authority, of which it is true to say, He who heareth you heareth me. It's Luke 10.16. And generally what is expounded and inculcated in encyclical letters already for other reasons appertains to Catholic doctrine. Unquote. That's uh, Pius Twelfth Encyclical Humani Generis, numbers 18 and 20. Now, there are many other quotes like that, and uh, you can find them all. We've got them collected at novosordowatch.org. Novosordowatch.org. From the menu, simply click on Catholicism, then click on the papacy, and that will give you many more quotes like that. And this papal teaching that we've just gone over doesn't mean that everything the Pope teaches is always infallible, but it does mean that all of it is always authoritative and safe for a Catholic to embrace. In other words, you will never put your soul in danger by following the teaching of a true Roman pontiff. Now, Viganò continues. He says, quote, Our obedience has nothing to do with either fearful servility or with insubordination. On the contrary, it permits us to suspend any judgment on who is or is not Pope, continuing to conduct ourselves as good Catholics even if the Pope derides us, despises us, or excommunicates us, unquote. Now, here it gets really wild. He's asserting that the virtue of obedience allows him to suspend judgment on who is or isn't Pope. I find that very curious. What he's trying to do, at least for all practical purposes, is remove the papacy from the faith. This is a smoother-sounding version of the it-doesn't-matter-if-Francis-is-the-Pope error, which the remnant peddled in late October of 2014. Anyone who says that it doesn't matter if Francis is the Pope or not 
has obviously not understood the papacy. The only people who can say such a thing are people who don't submit to the Pope anyway. And that is exactly uh, what I've been saying for years, that the recognize and resist traditionalists have reduced the papacy to a completely meaningless concept, where you submit when the Pope is right and refuse submission when he's wrong. Just like your local grocery store clerk, right? You agree with her if she's right, and you disagree if she's wrong. In other words, there's no essential difference between the Pope and your local grocery store clerk. Now, let me continue with Vigano. It gets worse still. The former Vatican nuncio decries, quote, the absurdity of having to disobey a person who is simultaneously Pope and Heresiarch, Athanasius and Arius, one who is de jure light, but de facto darkness, unquote. So here he's twisting himself into a pretzel. Why? Because he doesn't want to be a set of a contest. He doesn't want to conclude that Francis is not the Pope because he cannot be the Pope. So instead, he utters such a completely moronic and heretical, even blasphemous thing that a man can be at one and the same time Pope and heretic, St. Francis de Sales and Martin Luther, light and darkness. He might as well have said shepherd and wolf, Pope and Antipope, Vicar of Christ and Vicar of Antichrist. This is madness. Now, if Vigano were some obscure individual mumbling such inanities to himself, it will be bad enough. But this man is now being celebrated as the great voice of orthodoxy against the darkness of our times, the great faithful antidote to Francis. Now, let's turn to St. Paul for a minute. In 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 14 and 15, the apostle asks, quote, What fellowship hath light with darkness? And what concord hath Christ with Belial? Or what part hath the faithful with the unbeliever? Unquote. This applies here too, just as Christ cannot also be the devil, and just as the Catholic Church cannot be both the Immaculate Bride of Christ and also the Whore of Babylon, neither can the Vicar of Christ also be the Vicar of Antichrist. He cannot be the guarantee of orthodoxy, the rule of faith, and at the same time a heretic who poisons souls through his magisterium. I mean, duh, right? If that were possible, the papacy would not only be useless, but outright dangerous. Then the faithful would constantly have to be on guard against being misled by false teachings coming from the Holy See, from the Pope. But that is not how God instituted his church. Have a listen to these beautiful words of Pope St. Leo IX, taken from his apostolic letter in Terra Pax, dated September 2nd, 1053. Quote, The Holy Church built upon a rock 
that is Christ, and upon Peter or Cephas, the son of John, who first was called Simon, because by the gates of hell, that is, by the disputations of heretics, which lead the vain to destruction, it would never be overcome. Thus truth itself promises, through whom are true whatsoever things are true, the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Matthew 16, 18. The same son declares that he obtained the effect of this promise from the father by prayers, by saying to Peter, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you, that he, that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not, and thou being once converted, confirm thy brethren. It's Luke 22, 31 and 32. Therefore, will there be anyone so foolish as to dare to regard his prayer as in any way vain, whose being willing is being able? By the see of the chief of the apostles, namely by the Roman church, through the same Peter, as well as through his successors, have not the comments of all the heretics been disapproved, rejected, and overcome, and the hearts of the brethren in the, in the faith of Peter, which so far neither has failed nor up to the end will fail, been strengthened? Unquote. Again, that was Pope St. Leo IX, Apostolic Letter in Terra Pax. You can read this in Denzinger, number 351. So, all the semi-trads who think they're just going by what the Church has always taught, well, what you just heard is what the Church has always taught. The papacy is the very antidote to the garbage that emanates from Francis. It is impossible for him to be the Pope, and that has nothing to do with presuming to make an authoritative legal declaration or legal judgment. It is simply a necessary consequence from what we know to be the true Catholic teaching. But Vigano makes it even worse. In his January 31st letter, he also says this, quote, The paradox is that in order to remain in communion with the apostolic see, we must separate ourselves from the one who should represent it and see ourselves bureaucratically excommunicated by one who is in an objective state of schism with himself, unquote. <laughs> Seriously, can it get any more ridiculous? Can it get any more absurd? To be in communion with the Holy See, you have to separate yourself from the Pope? Look, this is basically just Gallicanism. Every schismatic, every heretic can make that argument, right? That although they're not in union with the Pope, they are nevertheless in union with the real Holy See and what the Pope should be teaching or doing. Well, the whole point of having a visible head of the church who teaches and governs is that he is the criterion of church unity. If Francis is the Pope, then to separate yourself from him is to separate yourself from the church. That is what being the Pope means. But that's what being the Pope implies. 
being the head of the church, being the vicar of Christ. That's what that is, okay? You can't have it both ways. You can't have a pope without the papacy. Look at what Pope Pius IX said in 1873 in his apostolic letter, Per Tristissima. Quote, but you, dearly beloved sons, remember that in all that concerns the faith, morals, and government of the church, the words which Christ said of himself, he that gathereth not with me scattereth, can be applied to the Roman pontiff who holds the place of God on earth. Ground your whole wisdom, therefore, in an absolute obedience and a joyous and constant adherence to this chair of Peter, unquote. And in 1849, the same Pius IX had taught this, quote, Indeed, one simple way to keep men professing Catholic truth is to maintain their communion with and obedience to the Roman pontiff, unquote. That's from the encyclical Gnostis et Nobiscum, Paragraph 17. And in 1876, the same Pius IX wrote in his encyclical Que in Patriarchatu, quote, What good is it to proclaim aloud the dogma of the supremacy of St. Peter and his successors? What good is it to repeat over and over declarations of faith in the Catholic Church and of obedience to the Apostolic See? when actions give the lie to these fine words, unquote. So, the traditional teaching, you know, what the church has always taught, is very clear on this. People need to understand that you can't save tradition by denying tradition. And this idea that Viganò is putting forward that you can be excommunicated bureaucratically, and then it doesn't really mean anything, that was also condemned by Pope Clement XI. You can find that in Denzinger, number 1441. The exact error Pope Clement condemned is this, quote, the fear of an unjust excommunication should never hinder us from fulfilling our duty. Never are we separated from the church, even when, by the wickedness of men, we seem to be expelled from it, as long as we are attached to God, to Jesus Christ, and to the church herself, by charity, unquote. And that, again, is an error condemned by Pope Clement XI in the Apostolic Constitution Unigenitus against the Jansenist Quesnel, in the year 1713. And lastly, Vigano's idea that Francis is in schism with himself. It's just another novel and harebrained semi-trad concept made up, made up to justify not being a state of a contest. Just like we've been saying on Novus Ordo Watch, these people will affirm anything but sedevacantism. And yet, in a recent video, the editor of The Remnant, Michael Matt, said that 
Archbishop Vigano is proof that God has not abandoned his church. Listen to this clip real quick. And so I went to Munich, where out of the blue, I received an invitation to go to a local hotel and visit a man who I'd never met and who I didn't know at the time was about to emerge in 2020, the year from hell. He was about to emerge as a living, breathing proof that God has not abandoned us. Never saw that coming, that meeting, before I left the country that day, that weekend. I'm not going to go into the details of my first meeting with Archbishop Carla Maria Vigano. This audio clip is found in the video Biden, Davos, and the Great Christian Reset, published on the Remnants YouTube channel on January 29th, 2021. Well, the Catholic truth, on the other hand, is quite different. God does not abandon his church by safeguarding the office of the papacy from error, from heresy, from leading the church astray. But of course, you can't believe that if instead you believe that Francis is Pope. One final thought. For all those who accept Francis as Pope, but are following Vigano as the great antidote to Francis, and think that by doing this they're somehow saving the church or saving the faith, let me ask you this. If the Pope can mislead the faithful in his official magisterium, why in the world do you think that a retired Vatican nuncio like Vigano couldn't do the same in his own private letters? Remember, if the blind lead the blind, both will fall into the pit. Tratcast Express is a production of Novos Ordo Watch. Check us out at tratcast.org, and if you like what we're doing, please consider making a tax-deductible contribution at novosordowatch.org slash donate.